Mic check, mic check.
have your attention, please. Worship will be starting in one minute. Please take this opportunity to prepare your hearts for worship and to be seated. And don't forget to put your cell phones on silent.
Amen. Yes, God. Okay, I... Maybe y'all will catch it in a minute. There you go. Come on. Because see, if you want to bless the Lord, there is no stopping to that. There should be no, okay, I, I'm just going to stop her. Uh-uh. God's peace, 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I pray if you're hearing this morning, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. That was the word of God for the people of God. And people said, amen. We will now have opening prayer.
now time for our offering scripture this morning. It will be coming out of Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs 28. I will be reading verse number 27. Yes, God. chapter 28, verse number 27. I'll be reading that from the New Living Translation. It says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. I pray for you hearing this morning, Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 27. <sighs> May the Lord have a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word. Father God, right now we come in the name of Jesus. First, Lord, we say, forgive us, Father God, for those things that we've done knowingly and unknowingly that have brought reproach against your will and against your way, Father God. Cast them as far as the east is from the west, Father God, never to come up again. Because, Lord, we don't want anything to block our blessings or hinder us praising you on today, Father God. Because, see, today is all about you, Father God. You gave us the ability and the opportunity to come in here to serve you, Father God, on today. So it's all about you. And, Lord, the things that are in the plate, Father God, I pray that you take them. And, Lord, you increase them how you see fit to continue to build your kingdom right here at 1613 West Main Street, Father God. And not just the monetary gifts, Father God, but those gifts that you have put within us, Father God, to use for your glory, Father God. We don't want to be found slack or not doing what you have called for our heart and our hands to do, Lord Jesus, because we are your vessels, Father God. Those of us that have received you as our Lord and our Savior, we are your property, Father God. So you use us, Lord Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray that anything that's hindering us to praise you today, that we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Right now, Father God, you allowed us to come here. You didn't have to do it, Father God, because you did. We say, thank you, Father God. You gave us the greatest gift that could ever be given, Father God. So who are we to hold back on what you've given us, Lord Jesus? We thank you, Father God. You give us abundantly all the time, and we don't do right, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Who, yes, God. Who, hallelujah. Yes, God. Forgive us, Father God. But Lord, I pray that you do take these sides of these offers, Lord Jesus. And you use them how you see fit, Father God. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. It has nothing to do with us, Lord Jesus. Move us out of the way so you can have your way, Lord Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. It is in the mighty name of Jesus. I do pray and ask it all. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, yes, God. Ooh, yes, God. Yes, God. You can continue to pour this house all the faith by giving my cash out, PayPal, or you can bring it to church. We God bless and thank God for your giving. Amen.
obstacles get in your way, one right after the other. But the way that you're able to keep a positive attitude, to keep a right mind, is that when you think about all the bad that happens in life, the songwriter says it like this, I've had some good days, and I've had some bad days, but my good days, You need to learn how to pray when you don't need to pray. You need to say to God, be the glory, because he's worthy to be praised all the time. When the praises go up, if you just now found out that he's here, you ain't been paying attention. In the midst of all of your circumstances, God has been present. When you had good days, when you had bad days, when you had ups and downs, when you had... That don't cost you nothing. But when you start feeling down, you start thinking about how God brought you. How God kept you. How God is feeding you. How God is clothing you. He's giving you the right mind. I don't care what breaks loose in your life. You gotta say to God, be the glory. You gotta think that. For as a man thinketh, so is he. So when bad things are happening, and if I think everything's all right, when I'm poor, I got money in my pocket. If I start thinking about the will, if I start thinking about the good thing, God will deliver us. They that call upon the name of the Lord, He's a way maker, promise keeper. He's mending hearts. Ain't God all right? I'm sorry. I, I know y'all might have come for me to come preach, but I, I come to worship the Lord. I don't know about you, but I come to worship Him. So I want something to change in my life. I know that I am not what I used to be, but and I know I hadn't gotten where I should be, but if I stay where I am, I can't move forward. You better turn it over to Jesus. You better get rid of all that mess. You better get rid of all that stuff and say, Lord, Come on. Y'all can say it. Is he your way maker? Come on, one more time. Let me hear it.
Father God in heaven. Thank you. For being who you are. You are a mighty God. your power, your might, and your strength. Deliver us. God, send us your word. We may be able to grow closer to you. Silence. 
Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him, and with all who lived in his household. Even at the hour of night of the night, the jailer cared for them and watched their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. It's the word of God for the people of God. And they said, Amen. You may be seated. Spirit will allow me. I just want to talk to you about a jailhouse revival. A jailhouse revival. The text beginning at chapter one continues to help us to understand that Paul was about God's business. He was preaching and teaching the gospel and it helped to save some folks such as Lydia, who was a well-known merchant in town. She not only did he, his preaching save those that were, or at least help those who were like Lydia, but he helped the whole household. For the Bible tells us that she and her household were saved. Paul uh, would give us an example that you, no matter what you are about, the trouble will always find you. My testimony is that the more that you attempt to do what is right, the more you're going to find that people will find fault with what you do. None of us are immune to that subject. I encourage you to start being encouragers, not discouragers. There's something good in everything no matter how bad it may appear. And this text gives witness to that. Paul was led by the Holy Spirit in this text in two occasions to bypass place that he had planned to visit. It doesn't identify exactly how or what way the Holy Spirit told Paul not to go, but he did not because he was led by the Spirit. Oftentimes, we are or we do experience the guidance 
of the Holy Spirit. For the Bible says, I lay before you curses or blessings. All of us, I don't care who we are, myself included, we have to make a choice about how we will respond or what we will do. And we're either going to be operating in curses or blessings. Well, Paul was trying to carry the word of God. And he runs into this slave girl. This slave girl, she was able to tell fortunes. And it was an economic advantage for her owners. They used her for the benefit to tell fortunes. And they gained the wealth. Paul was preaching and praying and teaching the slave girl got up behind him or came around them and she kept identifying them as they were sent from God and that they were doing the work of God the truth of the matter is that while what she meant for evil God used for good jailhouse revival. So I can imagine with my sanctified imagination that Paul is preaching and teaching and praying and minding his own business. The girl comes around and she keeps, she keeps on shouting him out. I don't know if it's what y'all say today, but I think you know what I mean. And um, Paul looks at her, and he, he ignores it for days to come. I don't know how many days he put up with this. I, I, you know, but Paul, I think, kind of let his spirit, the wrong spirit, over-influence over him. And Paul, while he might have been slow to anger, he got irritated. He said... I done had all I can stand. We say it like this. I'm sick and tired. Paul said, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm drawing a line in the sand. So Paul rebukes her in the name of Jesus. By the power and authority that had been invested in him, he rebukes. And out of the girl immediately comes the spirit. So she was doing what she was doing by a foul spirit. Paul rebukes it. She comes out. The spirit comes out. And, and there she is. She is of no value to her owners anymore. Because she can't tell the future. Or she can't tell a fortune. The owners find Paul and Silas and they're mad, they're upset, they are torn up. And they whip and they beat Paul and Silas and they throw them into jail. When they throw them into jail, they put them into what they call stockades, which would be wood around their ankles. Sometimes they might even put them around their wrists so that they were treated like the worst of prisoners. Paul and Silas 
the scripture tells me that if you listen, you heard Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns. Here they are in jail. They've been whipped and beaten. Their, 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 their wounds are probably hurting them. They're in pain and agony. But yet they are still able to praise ye the Lord. Now, I admire them. I don't know if I could have the tenacity. I don't know if I have the ability to praise them in spite of what's going on. Maybe, maybe you. But I, I realized that I hadn't got there yet. And the only way that I could overcome what they overcame to be able to send up the hymns and the praises is to take my good days and think about those when I'm in my bad days. Now, all of us are going to have bad days. As a matter of fact, you might have had a bad day that the enemy today. But the reason why it's a good day it's because you won't let your bad days outweigh your good. Y'all ain't listening to me. Now, now I, I, I'm not going to worry you long. But here, here it is. That, that after all of this mess, all of this stuff happening in their lives, they could have easily said, Lord, why me? Don't, don't, don't put all of this burden on me. But the Bible says that he will put no more on you than you can bear. And sometimes I have to tell you, Lord, what I wish I didn't have to bear so much. Sometimes I feel like, Paul, I get tired and fed up. Sometimes I, 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 I want to say some things that I can't say. And it hurts until I think about my good things and have them to outweigh my bad days. They have this revival and immediately because they are practicing what God and in spite of their adversity, God opens the doors and loose them from their chains. And they, instead of walking out of the prison, running for their lives, they are worried more about esteeming others than esteeming themselves. The jailer awakens. He, he looks and he sees the doors are open. Gosh, what is wrong? They've gotten away. And, and back then, the penalty for a guard losing a prisoner was death. So he was about to fall on the sword. Paul says, do no harm to yourself. We are all here. Do no harm to yourself. We're all here. And here, the jailer looks up. He, he, he said, give me a light. And he, listen now, y'all didn't catch that. Give me a light. <laughs> Paul had already extended a light. 
and he finally took hold of the light. So he was able to now see. I once was blind, but now I see. He has the light in his possession. And he allows the light to lead him. <laughs> he allows the light to lead him to Paul, which led him to Christ. And he and his household surrenders. They all baptized. But what does he do? Even in the midst of the fact that now he can about assuredly rest that he will probably be in some trouble. But he tends to Paul's wounds and he feeds them. He's more concerned about others than he was concerned about himself. Well, Pastor, why do you say that? I'm glad you asked. Because I want to leave you with a couple of things. And the first thing that I want to leave you with is this. The enemy retaliates, but God revives. The enemy retaliates, but God revives. If you're doing good in your life, if you're about trying to cause the bad person in you to dissipate, if you're seeking to do what glorifies God, one thing that I will assure you of is that you will always be challenged by yeah, evil. Yeah, yeah. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because the word of God says, when I try to do good, yeah, yeah. evil is always, not sometimes, it is always present. Be careful about the choices that you make. And don't fool yourself. You do have choices. I have choices. You have choices. And you're human. Sometimes you may falter and make the wrong choice. But when you make that choice and you know you are wrong, when God shows you better, you ought to To get forgiveness, you have to seek forgiveness. But if you are proud of what you've done, then you have not truly remorse. Mm -hmm. But until you begin to get sorrowful about where you've been, what you've done, I got to be real because it took me a while for me to understand that the, all the stuff that I did before I came to the Lord, it was a mess. Am I the only one in this house that feels that way? That, that I, had, I messed up. But due to God's grace and his mercy, I ought to fess up. Is anyone that's had a little talk with Jesus to tell him all about your trouble? Did you bother to tell him about all your mess ups so that you can have him to move all your trouble? Now, when Jesus moves all your trouble, it doesn't mean that you don't have any trouble. It just means that 
that's not a priority in your life. That you recognize that you are an overcomer and you're able to do what no other can do. So as I said, the enemy retaliates, but God revives. And, and here, I don't care what you do. I don't care. If you look at the story, Paul was about God's business. He was doing what elevated the word of God. But the enemy didn't like it, and so he sends the slave girl to try to mess up his work, to get his mind off of his business. But you got to stay firmly planted in the word of God. You see, because they whipped and beat Paul and Silas, they put him in chains and, and locked him down, but they were in there Lord, you know you've been so good. Lord, you know you've been so good. You watched over me all night long. Lord, you know you've been so good. They were in there singing and praying unto God. They didn't worry about the, how many stripes they had on their back. They didn't worry about where they were. But they, they, they didn't allow their situation to overcome their praise. So I'm going to ask you, are you at a point where you've gotten to learn that you praise your way through your circumstances? Don't let the enemy get a one-upsman on you. Don't, don't let him take you down. You keep looking up. I know there may be things that seem to be insurmountable, but, but I guarantee you there is nothing, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Yeah. So Paul and Silas, they were saying they were having a revival. So, you know, they couldn't have a revival without God. If God is not altering and moving in your life, showing you direction and guidance, then you are in a wrong place. So Paul and them said, we're going to have us a jailhouse revival. But, but here's the thing. They, because they acted as they did, it influenced somebody else. Did you get that? Because they acted the way they did. Showing trust and love in God. <laughs> he could have told them all about, well, let me tell you, I'm in here because that slave girl. But he didn't. He was telling them about one that was greater than him, Jesus. And I suggest to us that that's what we have to do. When sickness and illness and things fall upon us, don't ever forget that you can be healed by the word of God. Now, I, I got to tell you, he doesn't always heal the way we want to. But you got to trust that he will heal. Do I have any witnesses in this house? Is God healing you right now? Has he healed you? 
Do you trust him enough to believe that no matter what happens, I can look unto him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. And I know everything will be all right. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. But there was a witness that Paul, because he was praying him and Silas, and that they were singing hymns, that it influenced a jailer. Now y'all got to understand, you know, a jailer represents, it seems like the, the, the worst of life. Because they're on the wrong side. Y'all know what I mean, don't you? I, that's where I was. I was on the wrong side. You know, I, I had to get on the right side. And that was in touch with Jesus. But because of their actions, they helped somebody along the way. Because they chose to have a revival instead of a pity party. Because they, they decided to exalt God instead of crying about, oh, woe is me. And that's not to say that th you don't have things transpiring in your life, but all I'm telling you, you're going to get more out of looking to him than looking down. But you know, as I said to you, Paul, he lost it on him. But God will take even your bad and make it good. Paul got thrown into jail to create an opportunity for God to set him free. See, if I just looked at what was transpiring with Paul, I would only notice that he got put in jail, but God set him out. God called him out. God used him for the glory of the kingdom. Is there anybody in the house that want to be used for the glory of the kingdom? <laughs> so I guess then, the reason why we do a thing matters. What's our motivation? Because I believe if your heart is right, that from the heart. But if I'm doing it because I'm not denying myself, it will never reach the heart. So why we do a thing matters. Why are you doing what you do? Is it for you? Or is it for God? This is something that I, I had to meditate on for a long time to understand that even when God delivers us from a circumstance or a situation, that what we've done have consequences. They used to say it like this, if you make your bed, you got to sleep in it. And what I'm trying to convey to you is that just because God forgives us don't mean that we hadn't sit, set something in order that we don't have to endure. Mm -hmm. Because we have to sometimes live with our consequences. Amen. But God will even bring us through our consequences. That's right. And you need to always have a jailhouse 
revival. What? Well, I ain't in jail, Pastor. What are you talking about? Because you are in jail. Yes. All of us are in jail. If we're not free by the blood of Jesus, we're in jail. When the circumstances of life come up on you, you're in jail. But all you got to do, know that the key is in Jesus' hand. He is Jesus, and he will unlock the cell and let you out. But if you don't call upon him, then he will not answer. Jailhouse revival. I'm, I was caught by the fact that they called him and it was midnight. How many of you have gone through a day and it starts out you've got a bad hair day and as you keep going, the day keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse. <laughs> And it keeps getting worse, but midnight comes. Now, midnight ain't no hour. It's not 12 o'clock midnight. Midnight is when you get to a point where your desperation is greater than your inspiration. Now, I don't know what your midnight is. I don't know where you got to get to before you say, Lord, I can't, I can't take it any longer. I've had all I can stand. Lord, here I am. And Lord, if you, if you don't do what you do, I'm going to mess up. That's by midnight. It's not about whether it's 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock, but it's when I got to the point where I've I can't do it alone. I, and I realize I can't do it alone. I need Jesus. I need him to walk me in his power, his authority, and his ability. So I can say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Play that thing. He knows my name. And he walks with me And he talks with me I don't know, I don't know about y'all Y'all ought to be helping me to sing that Because is Jesus walking and talking with you? Is he telling you that you are How many is he telling you in here that you belong to him? Oh come on, y'all bashful folks Come on, the God ain't ashamed of you. You don't have to be ashamed of God. I need to know how many folks here belong to God.
impart this to you and then I want to sit down. God renews within us the right spirit. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. When you ask for, for God forgiveness, he renews with us the right spirit. In Psalms 51, it says, create in me a clean heart and renew within me the right spirit. So we can trust that God will make us and help us, enable us to overcome. But you ought to learn how to praise him, whether you're in the jail, whether you're outside the jail, when you're over the jail, when you're under the jail, when you're in the jail. You ought to be able to say, God, for you I live and for you I die. Paul and Silas understood that their behavior affected somebody. So they tried to live the word of God. And Paul was trying to simply get somebody to know that Jesus is my life. He's my salvation. He's my strength. He's my peace. And when you get to the point where you have peace in the midst of your circumstances, when all stuff breaks loose and you can still have peace, when all things go wrong and you can still have peace, when the world comes against you and you can still have peace, oh, it surpasses your understanding. You don't know how you got it. When the doctor gives you bad news, you still have peace. You can still say, oh, I know everything. It's going to be all right. Yeah, nobody, nobody can do me like Jesus. Nobody can do me like the Lord. Well, ultimately, the jailer came to that understanding that nobody could do him. Even though he might get his life taken, he said, if I lose my life, then I'll gain life. Because I want to know what must I do to be saved and Paul answers him and said you must believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and you shall be saved y'all ought to have a jailhouse revived church are now open. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, now is the time. Tomorrow, the next second isn't promised to any man, woman, boy, or girl. If you are without a church home and you believe that God has ordered your footsteps here to unite with this body of baptized believers, we're here for you for that as well. And if you've fallen out of the ark of safety, and you want to come back to God's loving and caring arms. He said, I am married to the backslider. As the choir continues to sing, amen.
to wait upon the Lord, he said he shall answer the church daily, such as shall be saved. Amen. Can we thank God for that awesome word we just heard? It is the month of January, so we would like to say happy birthday to all our January babies. Also, at this time, if we do have any visitors um, online or in person, we thank you for coming, and we pray something was said and or done, and that you will come back and visit us. A few announcements. We, they will have mass choir rehearsal February 1st at 6 o'clock p.m. Um, the African American Society will award our very own sister Sheila Swift at the Civic Award February 3rd at 7 o'clock p.m. Can we clap for her? The second Sunday in February will be the Youth God Learning Lab that will begin at 11 o'clock a.m. We are asking that all youth come out and participate. Our very own Minister Derwin Jackson will be the guest speaker for um, Elder John Haynes' pre-anniversary at Burns Tabernacle, February 15th at 7 o'clock p.m. If you're able to come, we ask that you do come out and support Minister Jackson. Um, we want to thank everybody who came out this past weekend from Mena, from on high in Matthew 25. And we want to remind you that it will be another one on February 17th beginning at 9 o'clock a.m. Of course, we uh, want to encourage everyone to come out to God's uh, learning, life learning lessons at Sunday school at 945. And don't forget, we do have Bible study every Wednesday night at 630. And if you're not able to attend at that moment, we do have it recorded so you can go back throughout the week. Um, we don't want to, well, have a card. Thank you for your kind expression of sympathy. We deeply appreciate your expression of sympathy and love during this difficult time. Your support means so much and will always be remembered, the Vaughn family. We don't want to forget anyone who is on our sick and shut-in list, and we want to continue to pray for the Vaughn family as well as the Glenn family, Jackson family, Locke family, and the Anderson family. Our very own Carnesha lost her father, so we would like to keep her and her family in our prayers. Amen. to just at least raise your hand and we'll try to get to you but 
the door to open for the altar call that God may anoint you for that which is coming your way. Would you play that song, He Knows My Name? Come on, choir. then it doesn't count. May you receive the meaning, the anointing of Jesus Christ and that he purposed this for you. Now, I don't know any other way than to be obedient to God. I don't know what he's going to do in your life or how he's going to do it, but God is moving As he told the, 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 the lady who had sickness, he said, by your faith, you have been made whole. And somebody's hurting in this place today. But I come to tell you, God is still with you. Somebody might get bad news, but understand that bad news cannot discern who you are in Christ Jesus. He's a way maker. And you believe upon him to heal you, and you shall be healed. Don't give up on God, because God does not give up on you. I'm so thankful for that that he didn't give up on me after the deacon gets through anointing everyone I want to pray and our prayer would be our clothes
and the life of those that listen to these words. We surrender, Lord God, meaning that whatever you have in store for us, that we pray that we have the courage, the power, the boldness to overcome, to stand up on your word and your promises, that you do everything but fail. Thank you, Lord God. If you can use anything or anyone, please use us. Let us give witness to your power and authority. Fill this place with your presence. Fill their hearts with your spirit. We pray for a wellness to come among us, Lord God, for a spiritual wellness because we are sick. We've been torn down. We've been torn up. We, we have fallen short. But Lord God, we know that you're able to overcome. And by your power and authority, we too shall be overcomers. Now, Lord God, whatever illness, whatever disease, whatever afflictions that are attempting to overpower all of us, let us look unto the hills which cometh thy help and know that our help cometh from the Lord. We pray that we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. For we believe and by your word when the praises go up, that the blessings come down. Now, Lord God, we end this prayer right now with a praise on our lips and a song in our heart that we might be in a jailhouse revival just as Paul and Silas was. We don't know any way to praise you other than just crazy praise, Lord God. The praise that comes and that nobody else can praise you. We worship you in spirit and in truth. We lift you up. We exalt you. And we realize that if you'll be lifted up as Paul and Silas lifted you up, then you'll draw our men unto you. Lord God, let the world praise you. Let your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins and our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against you. Now, Lord God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And the saints of God say, Amen. I dare you to praise him in this place. Praise him in advance for what you got coming. God has spoken. Praise the Lord.